Mad Cat Audio. So we've had a lot of rain in California. It's really weird for us. Um, so this was a perfect topic to cover today. We talked about enrichment. Uh, we talked a little bit about groundwork, which also ties really well in into enrichment. Uh, this is a really long episode, but it's a lot of important topics and uh, it was a really good discussion. And I think a lot of people will get a lot from this one, especially people who need to know more about enrichment, aka me. I need to learn more about it and think more about it. And I think we all do as, you know, riders and horse owners. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to The Whole Scoop. I'm Ruby, a lifetime horse lover, equine nutritionist, and horse trainer. I'm Jordan, I'm new to the horse world, but also a wannabe full-time horse girl. Whether you're a first-time rider or experienced equestrian, join us as we share stories, wisdom, and tips through the lens of a holistic horsewoman. So starting last episode, we put out a question on our Instagram asking people to ask us questions about our horse experiences and we have been picking one question per episode to answer in the beginning of the episode. Um, so we picked one today. This question is from Beyond Basics Equine Bodywork and she asked, what are some of your favorite fun and engaging groundwork exercises? So this is like a particularly timely topic I think right now because we are in what feels like endless rainstorms in Southern California, which is really unique because we've been in a drought for, I don't even know, over a decade. So to have this much rain by this time in the year is really unique. And we're all looking for things to do with our horses because our ground does not absorb water the way it does in places that actually gets rain. So we're, we can't ride right now because we're just, like our arenas are flooded, trails are flooded, like riding is just kind of off the table. So we've all been looking to groundwork a lot as a way to entertain ourselves and our horses. I don't know, I kind of think of groundwork as like, there's kind of three different ways you can approach it. And one, I kind of like wrote these down yeah. if you wanna look, yeah. but one is for bonding, which I think of as like, grooming or massaging your horse even if you're not a massage therapist but just like you know mm -hmm. playful massaging mm -hmm. um, or going for like a grazing foraging walk as long as you're familiar with what plants are off limits um, two would be for the purpose of exercising your horse in which case we can lunge with some kind of equipment like side reins or um, a I don't even know. There's so much lunging equipment out there. Um, <laughs> using some kind of equipment to help them build their core and top line and like with the intention of actually giving your horse a workout. Um, we can also do round pen um, exercises for the intention of actually getting some cardio for our horses. We can do hill work with them in hand, like walking or running up and down steep hills. And then we can also do pole work, which I've seen some really creative stuff lately on social media with pole work where people set it up in really interesting patterns and have the horse step over at angles or backwards or all kinds of things to try to get them to engage their core and like step up a little bit higher, which mm -hmm. is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then the third reason for maybe wanting to do groundwork is to build mental skills, which I think is typically my go-to with groundwork, um, just because of the horses that I tend to work with. So for mental skills, we can do things like trying to move each body part. So not just like moving haunches away or moving front end away or whatever, but also like, can I move this right front foot to this exact spot and like really get kind of quiz yourself and quiz your horse about how specific you can be with moving their feet. <laughs> we can also do desensitizing work. So things like getting a tarp and putting it all over your horse or a plastic bag. And then finally is the Liberty work, which is, probably everyone's favorite it's the flashiest and most fun looking but it's also probably the hardest and most time consuming so anyway that kind of lays out all of the reasons you might choose to do groundwork and maybe some of the approaches but I'm curious now that I've just babbled on about this forever <laughs> what your uh kind of go-to groundwork is or like what you enjoy doing the most with horses when you can't ride well 
just going based off this last week, Chance, the horse that I work with the most, he he will not let me groom him. All he wants is scratches. So it's like pointless for me to even take a brush in there and try brushing because he just does this weird bendy thing where he like picks up his back leg and he like shows me where he wants to be scratched and he won't stop. It's so much worse now. Like just, <laughs> it's going to be terrible when we get back to like doing normal things because he's just, it's out of control. Um, and then I do like fun massaging or I'll like get, you know, I'll like rub his butt. Mostly it scratches though. And then with, I don't know, I don't like... Groundwork is so important, but you know me. I'm always like, oh, <laughs> groundwork. Like, I just want to ride, but it's like obviously equally as important. Um, and with him, since he is so anxious and nervous and he needs like a mental workout, we normally do our mentally, you know, moving each body part. And, oh, I would never try to desensitize him. I think he would lose his <laughs> freaking marble. I tried. I All the more reason you. to do it, though. No, I text you to put his blanket on. Like, he <laughs> wouldn't even let me. But I think he might have thought that I was playing a game with him. And I wasn't. I was mad. I was like, get over here. Put the blanket on. And I kept like, <laughs> every time I would like wave it to put it over him, he would be like, <sighs> and he'd like stick his head straight in the air and he'd start backing up and then he would try to bite it. And I'm like, dude come on like I had to halter him so someone else could put the blanket on him because he was being a fool so yeah chance on stall rest is not it's not so fun it's not good <laughs> yeah I think like that's a really common thing is people prefer to ride than do groundwork because mm-hmm. I think it is uh I don't know that I want to say it's more fun because I really enjoy groundwork and I know lots of people that do but mm-hmm. I think it's like almost maybe I don't know, like more approachable. I don't really know. And it's it's definitely what our like society kind of emphasizes. Like you don't see like people in westerns practicing groundwork. Like you watch people ride, you know? Yeah. Like there's yeah. people on TV and in media whatever like we we love to watch people ride, but I think what what's not seen is all the behind the scenes groundwork stuff mm-hmm. that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I've always been pretty interested in groundwork because I just like to spend time with my horses. Since mm-hmm. I was a kid, like I'd look for any excuse to be at the barn. And if I had already ridden, I would do groundwork just as a reason to play yeah. with my horses. Yeah. Um, spend more time with them. But when I went to Cavalia, I don't even know, maybe five years ago, and saw what they were able to do with Liberty work mm-hmm. with their horses, I was like like a whole new world was opened up for me about groundwork Mm -hmm. and I was like totally awestruck and have kind of I spent a lot more time since then focusing on groundwork with my horses and especially on days that I can't ride or don't have time to ride Mm -hmm. using groundwork as a way to still get both my horse and I some exercise and some bonding time without having to tack up and go in the arena and all like it actually some days even feels more fun and approachable but it definitely wasn't without putting in a lot of work to get there yeah yeah (laughs) because if you're starting out with groundwork and you're just like doing the very basics of just figuring out how to move certain body parts or read your horse's body language or whatever it can be very tedious and slow and boring Mm -hmm. but once you kind of get past that hump and you start to get into some of the more fun stuff and you have kind of the reflexes to move their body parts without having to really stop and think about it it can start to feel kind of magical Mm -hmm. which is super fun Mm -hmm. so anyway I encourage everyone who's listening to practice some groundwork I actually offer groundwork lessons as part of like I'll set aside an entire lesson just to focus on groundwork with students if that's something that they're interested in and I definitely encourage everyone to do it because I just think a, it's a good skill if you're around horses to be able to control their feet mm-hmm. if you ever get in a bad situation. But B, if you get past that hump, it can be really cool and magical and fun. So, I think I'm still on the hump. Yeah. That's probably why. Because I love watching you do groundwork. I love watching groundwork and I love liberty work. Um, like the feather light, mm-hmm. you know, the girl that I send you her videos all the time. And I'm like, look at this. And I love her videos. And she does a lot of groundwork. Like, she rides like very well and all of that, but her thing is Liberty and it's 
awesome. Um, but I think I'm on the hump. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is Chance going to run me over? Uh-huh. Or And I feel like it also depends on the horse. Yeah. You know? Definitely. I've seen people work with horses that aren't so fun that I would not want to work with because I'd be nervous to. And I see other horses where I'm like, wow, that looks like a fun time. And they, yeah. the horse actually probably looks like they like the groundwork also. So I guess it depends on that too. Well, and also like, I think we kind of talked about this in the last episode in the It's Never the Horse's Fault mm-hmm. episode. But yeah. I think a lot of horses aren't trained with a lot of groundwork. No. Like most horses get kind of the bare minimum, like halter broke, learn to stand for the farrier. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trained to get in and out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise they're just like, let's get on and ride. And so little time is actually spent focusing on their ground manners. Mm-hmm. But that can make it challenging because the horse isn't socialized from a young age to understand our body language, yeah. which can make it harder and less enjoyable for us to do that groundwork with them. Mm-hmm. Not to say it can't be done. Like Schroeder, I think we talked about last time. <laughs> He has pretty pushy ground manners, but he's really great under saddle. And I've been using him for groundwork lessons, and he's definitely getting better when we're actively working on groundwork. Mm -hmm. But, like, still, when you saddle him, he's antsy the whole time and, you know, messing with you and biting the rail. Like, you can't sit still, and he's like, just let's get to the ride already. Like, he just is impatient. Totally. So, and maybe that'll come, and also maybe he's just old and... He's set in his ways, and it's yeah. going to take too long to fix that habit. I don't know, but yeah. just the you know the <laughs> idea that maybe not all horses have had the foundations and groundwork that others have had. That's true. Makes them not as fun to do groundwork with. Yeah. The hill work situation, that looks so cool. Yeah. Although I would be, again, nervous because of who I, who I am, and I'm newer to, like, handling horse, horses, so, and they're big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. don't really want to be ran over. But the hill work that I've seen is so cool where they just have them, like, run, like, half on the hill and then half on the flat ground and they, like, mm-hmm. lunge them in a circle. Like, I was like, I want to find a hill. Yeah. Could you imagine? I don't even know if I could make Chance go up that thing. He'd probably be like, nope. <laughs> I'm going yeah. No, that definitely comes with more, more like complicated. practice in, in moving feet for sure. Yeah. But I actually had a farrier this week. For some reason, it was, like, the week of farriers. I just interacted with so many of them for various people and horses it was just a lot but um and I love talking to farriers because they're like they know everything they they're like flies on the wall in so many places like they have so much information there's such (laughs) a wealth of knowledge I I love talking to them they always have the hot tea yeah Yeah. absolutely (laughs) um but one of them was saying that he has seen vets do a lameness exam for like a pre-purchase like a uh you know, before you purchase a horse for inexpensive horses, where instead of like spending all this time flexing them and doing x-rays and nerve blocks and all this stuff to look for lameness issues, they just lunge the horse on a hill and they're like, you'll see everything that could possibly go wrong because if they're not, you know, if something's off, you're going to see it right away, which I was like, that's brilliant. takes five minutes. And, you know, you learn a lot about the horse (laughs) like right away. Wow. So smart. Never heard of that, but uh, yeah. Maybe another there's... reason to practice that hill work. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to take your horse to this hill real quick. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. That's yeah. Interesting. Super interesting. Cool. Nice. Well, are we ready to get into the yes. real topic here? Yes. So it kind of actually goes together really well, but um, our, our main topic today is enrichment, which is, I don't know. Do you want to take a stab at explaining what enrichment means <laughs> to you? Because I, yeah. I feel like you might have a enrichment yeah this is like I don't know you can definitely explain it better but to me it's like entertaining your horse (laughs) like to me in my head I'm like how can I make your life better by either entertaining you while you're in your stall all day or while I'm with you or you know how can I make this fun that's really how I see enrichment yeah whether and there's obviously all kinds of things to go into that but making life more fun and yeah. enjoyable. No, I think you're spot on. And I think, um, so for me, what I always think about is horses, I always thought it was they sleep four hours a day, but I actually looked it up right before this episode to make sure I had my number right. They only sleep 2.9 hours a day on average, oh. which is wild. 
Like, yeah, it's not a lot. What else are they doing for the 21.1 hours of the day that we're not with them, you know? Like, that is not a lot of, of downtime to be, you know. And then you just think about them standing in these stalls or in these paddocks. Mm-hmm. And maybe we ride them for an hour a day. Like, maybe they're at a stall for an hour. Maybe if you're a trail rider, it's like a couple hours. But for the most part, these horses are standing there for the better part of the day looking for things to get into. And then we're like wonder why they're injured all the time or why they (laughs) ate their blanket or you know why they do all these things and it's like well of course they're bored out of their mind um it's kind of sad and then compare this to wild horses who also only sleep about three hours a day but wild horses on average walk 10 miles a day which is a lot more than i think most of our domestic horses (laughs) get in i'm just guessing they also eat more than 20 different varieties of plants in a day which if you think about our domestic horses they eat like maybe one type of hay, maybe two, mm-hmm. and then whatever you put in their bucket, if they even get a bucket. So they're eating a much more restricted diet. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, wild horses have the opportunity to play and fight and navigate terrain and mm-hmm. cross rivers and mm-hmm. look for water and all these things that our domestic horses just don't often do unless they live in a, in a herd environment in a pasture, which is not... I would say the norm no. in our society. It's kind no. of, I'm very lucky that all four of my horses live in pastures. Actually, it's kind of weird. They all live in different pastures. None mm-hmm. of them live in the same one, which is yeah. kind of weird. But they all have buddies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all like play with their buddies and beat each other up. And, and I get why people don't want their horses in that environment because mm-hmm. they do get kicked once in a while. They have mm-hmm. bite marks. Mm-hmm. They have big old bald patches in their mane where someone ate a chunk. <laughs> like that happens. <laughs> But they also are so much more entertained and so much more level-headed. And I don't feel yeah. bad if I don't get them out every day because totally. I know that they're they're getting, you know, like in this rain. I used to be the person that was out hand-walking my horse for an hour in the rain. Mm-hmm. And when they live in pastures like this, I don't even bother because I know they get all their energy out yeah. walking each other around and yeah. pushing each other around. So yeah. anyway, that's that. The National Zoo, the Smithsonian National Zoo, has... A really good breakdown, I think, for the types of enrichment. I've used other types before, other breakdowns, but I think this one actually makes the most sense. And they're talking specifically here about wild animals, but it really applies Mm -hmm. to horses as well. Mm -hmm. So they say the five types of enrichment, five categories, are habitat, cognitive, sensory, food, and toys. So essentially, we'll go over these five topics via five categories and talk about really simple ways that we as horse owners can help to create a more natural lifestyle for our horses with these kind of enrichment activities and we're going to try I think to keep it like free or low cost because I think that's totally possible Mm -hmm. although there are things you can buy or you know spend more money on that will absolutely make this less time consuming for you (laughs) but for the most part this can be done really inexpensively but I also want to talk really quickly before we get into it I think we both maybe have a story about a horse that has like needed enrichment and or has benefited from enrichment so Mm -hmm. maybe we could each kind of share like a little anecdote and then we could get into the types into the thing yeah okay you go first okay (laughs) so for me it was I had a 17-2 thoroughbred who, when I first got him, lived in a two-acre pasture with a big river in the middle, and he had two or three, depending on the time, other horses that lived in that pasture with him. And they ate weeds and crossed the river, and we put water on one end and feed on the other, so they were constantly walking. And I rode that horse pretty much every day, and he was so level-headed and sane And I totally took that for granted when I moved him to another facility. He was living at my house and I moved, so I lost that place. And I moved him and he lived in like a 24 by 30 pipe corral. And I just naively assumed (laughs) that I'd be able to go hop on him and he'd be the same horse that I had prior to moving. And I was so wrong. He was so much more fresh and more spooky and just such a handful and then he ended up becoming totally by no fault of his own like this was not in related to the freshness happening 
but he ended up becoming chronically lame and had to be on stall rest and that made it even like exponentially worse so with him he's the first horse that I really kind of got into enrichment with and that I started to learn about it and I started to include more of the principles and I wish I even knew more than I did of course hindsight 2020 but I would spend I'd turn him out two hours a day I would do groundwork with him every single day and then I had toys and activities for him to do in his stall I think I even added a slow feeder and it totally changed his demeanor like mm-hmm. went from horse that tried to run me over he even escaped one time because he just like got away from me and went galloping around the barn and I couldn't catch him and it was like me and everyone else that was at the barn trying to catch this horse and he's just like he's 17 too like he knows he doesn't have to stop no. and he just kept galloping full speed oh my god and it just and he's injured like he should not be even yeah trotting let alone galloping yeah and oh. He went from that to, like, a much more manageable... He still wasn't maybe as good as he was when he was in the pasture, mm-hmm. but it definitely made a huge difference in his brain and and his capacity to focus and, and take care of himself and make smart decisions. <laughs> so that's my kind of initial, like, intro into enrichment and why I've become such a believer in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I think it's hard right now because I don't own my own horse. And I know that when I do, I will be thinking about all these things because I already think about them with other horses that aren't even my horses. Like, any horse I see, I'm like, aw, like, you look so bored and how awful. Like, you're just sitting there staring at a wall. Um, And that just, like, makes me really bummed out. Um, But the horses that I, you know, am with mostly, and you know them, um they all could use probably more enrichment that's for sure because two of them are arabians and they're crazy um and when they do get out they're way better they do get turned out which is great and they get actually ridden you know pretty much every day so and they love that but i definitely think they could use more stuff in there but it's kind of hard it is hard with that setup yeah you know i think most horses could use more to be honest sure I don't, I don't know many horses that have enough. Mine included. Like, I'm always adding more mm-hmm. enrichment stuff. And yeah. I still feel like it's not enough. So yeah. maybe that's a good little pledge. Maybe we can both, like, try to <laughs> add one thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what we do, you do, do this week? We could do a little enrichment <laughs> pledge. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know, like, even just... I mean, everyone's so we all have so much stuff going on and we talk about things like you know kate and i kate who owns horses we want to build chance like a scratcher out of Mm -hmm. a broom head like it that's probably not that hard but it's more so just like thinking about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do it Mm -hmm. and how is he gonna keep it upright so he doesn't knock it over like he wants to itch his belly on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know there's so many things i would just drill it right into the wall of his stall because it's wood i would just screw it right in there yeah he would love that yeah that's what I would do. They would all love that. I think they'd all love a good scratch yeah, post. I would too. So same. Seriously. Yeah. So they need they need more things. It's just it it's then what? Right. What can you fit in that little space? It right. depends on like what kind of space you're working with. Some people have even smaller spaces than what they have, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, way smaller. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, but the reality is it's California, right? and there's not a lot of space. No. And you can't just go buy land like they can in other states. Right. Which I feel like a lot well, of people Well, and even then, like, that. sticking a horse in a, you know, huge pasture by itself, oh, or even no. with a couple other horses, like, yeah, maybe they need more, too. Yeah. Know? That's true. It's just... That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get into the types? Yes. Okay. So, we'll start with habitat, which we were just kind of talking about, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, but the idea that we where their physical home is can play into this enrichment idea so in my mind like that two acre pasture with the other horses in the river and the water on one end and food Uh on the other that is a pretty ideal habitat Mm -hmm. for horses because it's not huge like if he's on the other end of the pasture it's not like i'm gonna spend an hour trying to find my horse and they get a little bit of exercise going up and down the hills and walking back and forth to the water. Like, that's a pretty well-enriched 
space. Yeah. Even that same size space, like two acres, but of just flat land with just dirt and no weeds and no trees or anything like that would be a significantly less enriching habitat. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then even a step down from that would be a smaller space. And then a step down from that would be like a box stall where they can't touch another horse or see another horse and they're just enclosed. Mm -hmm. So I think like starting with kind of analyzing your horse's habitat and determining the level of enrichment that is already existing in that space Mm -hmm. can kind of clue you into how much more you maybe need to add to make it even more um, accommodating Mm -hmm. and natural Mm -hmm. for them. Does that all make sense? Yeah, like I've been thinking about, you know, Chance's stall and like maybe when it gets less rainy... Like, you know, that feeder that's out there, put his hay out there for a day or like a few days out of the week. So he has to like walk back, Mm -hmm. you know, out there and eat and then come and get his water. Mm -hmm. I was like, even that would be better than it just all being right there. Yeah, definitely. I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. And then, yeah, but what would you, uh, I guess the question is like, how could you make a little space more in... In enriching. <laughs> enriching. Yeah, I was like, is enriching a word? <laughs> enriching. Yeah, it, I think definitely the smaller the space, the more challenging it gets. The best thing I've seen is the pasture paradise system, which is definitely meant to be used in a slightly larger space, like a pasture or paddock, mm-hmm. that's the name. Mm-hmm. But I think you can kind of apply the principles to smaller spaces. The only thing it might not really work so well in is like a really tiny box stall. Mm-hmm. Because you, you actually need a little bit of space to make this work. So the pasture paradise system is basically you take, like, let's just pretend you have a square, perfectly square pasture that your horses live in, or even one horse lives in. The idea is that then you would build another pen or create some kind of structure in the center of that pasture so that the horses can't walk through the middle anymore. Mm-hmm. They have to walk around this kind of outer ring mm-hmm. of, a, of a space. And then in that outer ring, you would put different substrates, like you could do gravel in one part and then like sand another part and rubber mats in another part. Mm-hmm. And then you could put ground poles or you could even, if you live in a place with water, you could have some kind of water feature in there. Mm-hmm. And then the idea would be also to put feed on one end of this ring and water on the other end so that the horses have to walk around this ring all day long to get what they need. And then they have to navigate different obstacles. Mm -hmm. And when used in, in practice correctly, it's really very genius because the horses, those are the horses that really do kind of get close to 10 miles a day in their normal lives. However, it's not the most practical for most of us. No. So I think the more practical version is like what you were saying, like, can I put feed further from water? Can mm-hmm. I put some kind of obstacle in the middle, like a, a barrel or a, you know, like an oil drum type thing, but mm-hmm. just maybe with water in it or something or mm-hmm. a tree or something mm-hmm. that the horse then has to somehow navigate in order to get from one side of their enclosure to another yeah. so that they're not, it's not just a straight shot. And then within that also, like, can I create different substrates? Even could I put shavings in one corner and then let the other corner be bare sand? Or can I have, you know, I don't know, a stall mat that's like maybe slightly raised up so that they have to kind of step up onto it to eat their food or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of get creative with whatever you can do. Because even those tiny things make small changes and differences in their lives. Yeah. So to like think about it when they're walking around their stall, it's not all just like dirt right yeah yeah not just dry patch yeah so with that in mind like what what is there anything you could think of that you could do in that space so like to describe chances enclosure and again like this is not jordan's horse so this may or may not actually happen but just to kind of use him as an example Mm -hmm. since he's a horse we both know Mm -hmm. he has a stall that's probably what like 15 by 15 yeah and then it's on a cement slab Mm -hmm. and then there's like a little step down to a small outdoor run that's maybe like 15 by 30 yeah and then that run turns into then opens into a small turnout that's 
I don't know, maybe 50 feet, maybe yeah. 100 feet. It's it's medium sized. It's it's decent sized, but I don't yeah. think he uses the whole thing. I think he kind of stays typically <laughs> because there are other horses on on one side of it yeah. that he can play with over the fence. So I don't I don't often see him going out to the furthest part of that turnout. Yeah. No, it's rare. I mean, there's times when he's out there and I'm like, "What are you doing, buddy?" because mm-hmm. it is kind of rare to see him like staring off into the abyss. I don't know at what, but yeah, that's rare. I don't know. Like, in his stall, I think, yeah, separating food and water, or in his area, separating food and water would probably be good. They definitely already put, um, what's that stuff called? Oh, my God. Shavings. Shavings. They put shavings out there, but, yeah, I don't know, maybe putting something in the middle of that turnout area, like you were saying, so he can't just, he has to, like, walk around it. I wonder if moving the feeder the outside feeder mm-hmm. to that furthest corner and make him walk out there make him walk all the way out there to eat because mm-hmm. even then like he might walk out and take a bite and then come back and see the other horses this is just now occurring to me in this moment but <laughs> it would might encourage him to walk more because yeah. he might kind of and slow him down eating too because he might kind of go back and forth to like take a bite and then come back to check on the herd and then mm-hmm. go out and take a bite and come back to like yeah i think putting a slow feeder out there mm-hmm. one of those slow feeder barrel mm-hmm. things just even using one of those and stick him, sticking it way out in the mm-hmm. corner i think that would be good for him for his brain too because mm-hmm. you have to like turn it well, the one I'm thinking about, you have to like turn. They have to like turn it with their noses to like mm-hmm. get the hay out. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And tell Kate, Kate, if you listen <laughs> to this, <laughs> take notes. We're getting the slow feeder. <laughs> oh my gosh! Cool. So that's habitat, and the next would be cognitive. So cognitive is anything that makes them really have to think, mm-hmm. which. <laughs> Typically, they they make so many toys now that you can put in their space that they can use while you're not there. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, you know, all kinds of puzzle toys and treat balls and pellet balls and all kinds of things that you can just, you know, preload and throw it out there and let the horse kind of, you know, think and plot and plan while you're not there, which I think is really genius. Yeah. But also like the idea of kind of creating some kind of obstacle so that they have to figure out how to navigate the obstacle to get to their food, for example, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously making sure this is super safe. Don't do anything <laughs> potentially dangerous. No booby traps for your horse. Um, oh, yeah. And then, but the one that I that kind of comes to mind for me is to go back to groundwork mm-hmm. because it's something you can do with your horse and it's something you can even do like in the time you get them, catch them from their stall and then just walking them to the grooming area and then walking them to the arena, mm-hmm. you can add in groundwork, just little tiny chunks of it into into those moments and it doesn't add that much time to your overall barn time or ride or anything, mm-hmm. but it does add more brain work for your horse. Um, and one thing that I think about is, I don't know how this translates to horses, but when I got my dog a couple years ago, I read that, I forget exactly what it is, maybe someone will find it and correct me on this, but basically the idea is something like 20 minutes of mental stimulation, like pure mental stimulation for a dog is equivalent to an hour long walk, Mm. which I think for horses, it has to be a similar thing. And in my experience, it definitely is like adding even just a few minutes here and there of brain challenges Mm -hmm. for your horse. So like as an example today, when I was walking Olive, from her pen, her pasture, to the round pen, I purposely stopped at every puddle and tried to make her walk through the puddle. And that was just, it didn't take that much longer. That added maybe 15 seconds, but it, she really stopped and looked and put her nose in it and splashed and made sure she knew how deep it was and then walked through. And it just added like an extra little element of cognitive exercise yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that helped kind of turn her brain on before we got all the way out there Mm -hmm. so and you do this with chance a lot actually Mm -hmm. sometimes because you have to because he's distracted but maybe you can speak to that a little bit too yeah just like spinning him around even or moving his butt away from you or you know that seems to really get him in into action he's like oh we're doing stuff i'm like yeah stop biting the air like we're not (laughs) (laughs) we're working gosh dang it um also with this rain um, I have been, this is not 
<laughs> when Kate got home today, I was like, sorry, the horse has got a lot of treats this week. And really, it's just alfalfa pellets. Like, it's not anything terrible. But I have been taking the treats because I'm not taking them out. And it's literally currently raining while I'm there. And I, like, put it in the in their bars, like, in between the bars. Oh, yeah. And I, like, it just switch it up. And I, like, kind of go fast. And they're, like, sniffing around. And I was like, huh, I feel like this is a good game. Yeah, that totally them. counts. Yeah, because yeah, they, and, you know, they were, like, working hard to find these treats, and, uh, I don't know, especially Lexi. I don't hand, I don't feed them by mm-hmm. hand because they're monsters, and my <laughs> whole hand goes in their lips, and I'm like, that's quite enough of that. So I found a new way to give them treats, and that's the way. That's great. I make them work for I it I think now. that's actually a really good idea. See? I knew it. Good one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, the other thing we do sometimes with... Chance specifically, oh. but I, I try to incorporate with other horses too, is the idea of backing them into their stall. Oh, yeah. So instead of just walking in forwards every time, like mix it up. Can you go in backwards? Or can you stand outside the stall and send them in? Because even that little, it's uh-huh. such a tiny thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it really makes them think. Or yeah. even like once they're saddled and you're going in the arena, can you back them into the arena <laughs> instead of riding in forward or, or walking them in forward? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, changing little tiny things like that that just kind of light up your horse's brain in a slightly different way yeah the trickiest part about that is remembering to do it yeah because we all get in our habits and we just like catch the horse and walk on and we just you know do our our little rote yeah routine yeah it's also harder for me (laughs) (laughs) like chance up in his stall my gosh it's a challenge so probably something i should do yeah more keep practicing yeah yeah cool So then category number three is sensory. So this is anything that involves like things your horse can touch. So this kind of, again, would go back to like having different substrates in their enclosure if you can do something like that or having, there are also sensory toys. You can also play music for your mm-hmm. horses. Mm-hmm. Any Anything that involves the senses or smelling activities, aromatherapy, anything like that is counts as sensory. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things. But the one that I think yeah, we were already right talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. We talked about yeah. that one. So that yeah. is, I think you can buy really expensive self-grooming stations, but I've also seen people use... Um, what are those things? Street sweeper brushes, the big round ones, oh, that's awesome. and put them upright so that the horses can itch on those. Yeah, I don't know where you find those, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. The other one that is um, super easy is what you were saying—the the, the push, push broom. broom head—and yeah. just Unscrewing especially it. if you have a wooden stall, mm-hmm. I would just like drill right through the if I would get a wooden push broom head, not a plastic one, yeah, and just drill right through that into this wall of the stall yeah personally yeah and just make sure there's no metal sticking out yeah but that is a, a pretty simple one it gets a little harder if you have pipe corral i don't totally know you could i'm sure there's so many crafty people out there you could probably oh, yeah. like bailing twine it somehow you know and, and uh, what's those things called uh the, the plastic like oh like zip ties, zip ties yeah. or something yeah. like heavy duty ones for sure. Zip tie that. Yeah, there's got to be ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Just anything you leave in your horse's stall, this hopefully is common sense, but I feel <laughs> like I should just say it. Yeah. Anything you're going to leave in your horse's stall, make sure there's no sharp edges, mm-hmm. nothing they can get their hooves stuck on, mm-hmm. nothing they can eat and get themselves into digestive trouble. Like, just really do your homework and think it all through. And make sure that you're not setting your horse up for something dangerous when yeah. you're trying to set them up for something Fun. for their wellness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also music is so whenever I rode chance I don't ride chance often by myself and I rode him really I think this is only the second time I've ridden him without you there um I put on music the whole time I just from getting him out of the stall I literally had it on is Miranda Lambert shout out Miranda <laughs> hopefully she listens to this one day <laughs> um I had her album on because I know every song that's gonna come on and it's not gonna be like some heavy metal like <laughs> you know something that's gonna Jarring. like me get frazzled yeah uh I had that on the whole time and I feel like he had music to focus on and he was way more calm than I thought he was gonna be and then when I was writing him I also had the music on just in my pocket 
so I could still hear everything else, but he wasn't like as spooky as he usually is and his ears weren't like all over the place. He was like, oh, there's music and I'm focusing on that and it was so much better. It's awesome. And then I think Kate did it the next day and she said it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. So I guess yeah. Chance likes music. There you go. I think yeah. a lot of horses do. I actually, I knew someone a long time ago that said that she had a mare that was really, she liked to bite Mm-hmm. and kick like she was <laughs> she was a very like stereotypical like angry mare yes yeah and my friend swore if she sang to the mare she would <laughs> totally relax so like when you put this horse's blanket on when you do her girth when you walk behind her like just oh. sing and she told it totally changed her entire demeanor okay. really interesting yeah so you know, yeah, you know, I there's feel about something mares. to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And cool. Anything else on sensory? I don't think so. The cool. essential oil thing sounds cool. Yeah, horses are really sensitive to essential oils. Yeah, so definitely if you use, if you use them, yeah, yeah, do your research on which ones are safe. And don't put them directly on your horse. Because <laughs> no. it'll drive them crazy. Just don't do that. Um, but you can put it like on a rag or a sponge and yeah. have it in their stall. Or you can use outside of their stall a diffuser. Like somewhere they can't reach it. Because yeah. you obviously don't want them messing with that. But, no. um, or you can like put some in their shavings. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways you can do it. But having some scents can be nice. And mixing it up can be nice so that they don't kind of get used to the same smell. You yeah. can kind of use different ones. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So number four, category four, is food. And there are also lots and lots of ways I've seen people use food as a an enrichment activity. One really easy one is just to add a whole bunch of different fruits and vegetables and change it up all, every day in mm-hmm. your horse's bucket. Mm-hmm. Because just adding new kind of novel experiences can be really enriching for them. Yeah. Both actually nutritionally and mentally um but again do your research find out which fruits and vegetables are allowed and not allowed before you do this but you'd be surprised how many are not only allowed but also that horses really like yeah i used to know someone who would (laughs) make these giant bran mash buckets for his horses every night he'd do hot bran mash which is a really old school thing to do i don't know very many people that still do this and he would chop up like 10 different fruits and veggies and throw them in there with all their supplements and the horses loved it oh i'm sure they were thrilled every night big big like party yeah so that's one thing and then the other thing you can do that i've seen people do and definitely do this under supervision is like hide food or hang food on strings in their (laughs) stall so they have to try to eat it it's like bobbing for apples kind uh-huh. of. <laughs> and it's really funny to watch but it is like it's totally a, both a cognitive and a, a food enrichment it kind of crosses over yeah which is really cool and and then like the one that of course there's so many food toys out there like so many different things you can put hay or pellets or things that are made specifically to put carrots in like mm-hmm. all kinds of things that you can get that are specifically designed to make it hard for your horse to eat their favorite food so that they have to really work for it and anything you use like that i recommend switching out like keeping it interesting don't use the same toy every single day Mm because they'll kind of get used to it and it's just not as exciting or or enriching after a while so i recommend having a couple of toys and switching them out once in a while so that it gets you know new and exciting Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on... Oh, I'm and then gonna... slow feeders <laughs> is the big one, which you already mentioned. Yes. But slowing your awesome. horse down. Because, again, wild horses spend, I think it's like 10 hours a day eating. Mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. horses spend like two to six, depending on how fast they choose to eat their food. Yeah. So slowing them down any way you can is, a, a, I think, actually number one enrichment activity. Any way you can you know, help your horse eat mm-hmm. for more hours of the day and spread out those meals is huge yeah yeah i mean wild horses don't have their neck they're not neck deep in a hay barrel (laughs) like our horses are spoiled um (laughs) i'm laughing at the fruit and vegetables because that day i brought a banana over and i was just eating it my own banana 
course, Chance was like, what is that? Actually, all of them are like, I want to eat that. And he got really mad when I, I saved a piece because I just... I don't feed anybody's horses without mm-hmm. asking first. I don't so even care good. if I've known the horse for, you know, I see Chance like every day. Anyway, so I put a piece of it down and I waited for Kate to walk out and I was like, can I give this banana to them? And she's like, yeah, he's never had a banana, I don't think. Oh my God. He kicked the door because he saw the banana sitting over there. He kicked it for a good like five minutes until she like finally walked out. I went and gave it to him and he was so freaking happy yep he's like what is this thing and he Mm -hmm. was chewing it all weird and (laughs) (laughs) he loved it i i I probably don't recommend this but you know me being me i have to share my weird story i was eating um those peanut butter pretzels from trader joe's the other Uh day at the barn while i was teaching a lesson (laughs) and i was munching on them and every time i would munch on them schroeder would give me this look like why are you holding out on me? Like, <laughs> yeah. I know those are horse treats. And because I don't, I don't usually eat around the horses at the yeah. barn. Like I don't normally eat during lessons, but yeah. I had like six in a row the other yeah. day and I didn't have a break. So I was like, I got to get it when I can. So I gave him one and he lost his marbles. He thought it was <laughs> the best thing he'd ever eaten. I So you never know. Sometimes yeah. they like stuff. I wish, you know, I wish I had been eating celery and tried to give him that instead. But, you know, no. whatever. It is It is what it is. But I think just, you know, offering them different things is mm-hmm. is always a good idea. And fruits and veggies are usually cheap, and we usually have them in our house. Yeah. And you can use the scraps that you're not going to eat, oh. you know. You can, like, Top bring them your... strawberry. Yeah, carrot tops. Yeah. Okay. So last category is toys, which I kind of feel like can fit into most of these other categories. But I do think toys are a really easy way to incorporate all of, you know, the enrichment that we've been talking about into your horse's daily life. And it's something that typically they're made to be safe for your horse. So they're there's something you can leave them unattended with in their stall and they can kind of keep doing. <laughs> the most common feedback I get about toys from people is that they don't last long enough like the horse plays with it Mm -hmm. and then they get bored or they finish the food but I always feel like at least that's if it's an hour that they that it lasts at Mm -hmm. least that's an hour less that your horse is standing there staring at the wall or trying to eat their blanket or you know getting themselves into trouble Mm -hmm. and it's a one more hour of mental stimulation so to think of it that way, instead of thinking of it as something that's supposed to entertain them for the entire time you're gone, yeah. just think of it as one more thing for them to do while you're not there mm-hmm. that's productive and not going to be destructive. Yeah. So there are so, so, so many toys on the market now, which is awesome. There's a lot more than there were even five years ago. Mm-hmm. It used to be just like the Jolly Ball, which I know some horses that like them and some that don't. Yeah. And <laughs> I know more that don't. So, you know... Most horses kind of look at it like, what's that thing and why do I want it? But now there are so many toys that are specifically designed to kind of stimulate a horse's food drive or, yeah, or um, sensory drive or whatever, like that are so much more creative and and nothing against Jolly Ball. There are some horses that really do love them and, (laughs) and, you know, they are great for those horses, but not all horses go for a Jolly Ball. So knowing your horse, knowing what they're into, Mm -hmm. like if you have a horse like Chance with like a bit of an oral fixation, like maybe picking toys that involve more chewing, or if you have a horse that is really into, I don't know, like, I don't know. Just like picking, I I'm just drew a blank on all the other things that horses could be into. But just like picking things that you know your horse is into already. Yeah. And like if you have a horse that you know is like really not into chewing on things, maybe pick something that doesn't involve chewing but is like a pellet ball that they can like roll and get the food out of versus like a... a you know, one of those balls that's made to have the carrots stuck in it, so I have to chew mm-hmm. and pull the carrots out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, you know, think like your horse. Pick yeah. things that, that go <laughs> along with what they actually, you know, will enjoy. Oh. But there are also some toys you can do that are free or very inexpensive that I kind of want to touch on because we said we would talk more about those things in the beginning, and I want to yeah. stay true to that. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not, we're not like affiliated with any toy company or anything. So, there's no reason for us to go on and on about specific toys. Yeah. That 
you know the jolly balls are hilarious yeah dream just hits himself in the face with it that's what olive does it's It's so so weird yeah Yeah. he like holds the handle Mm -hmm. and he'll just swing it back and forth and he just Mm -hmm. keeps going and chance doesn't do that he just chews on it yeah so like oral fixation yeah he'll just sit there and like like squish the ball Uh and then he'll drop it and walk away yeah but at least he plays with it yeah i feel like they all play with it for like even if it's a few minutes yeah like you said but yeah what free situations i need to know so this one's a little bit annoying especially if you have your horse in a boarding facility i absolutely did this once and i felt really bad about it because i didn't think it all the way through i was like a teenager (laughs) but you get a an empty gallon milk jug or water jug or you know gallon container like the plastic ones and with the handle and put a few pebbles in the container (laughs) and then you use bailing twine to hang it from the rafters of their enclosure or their shade structure or whatever Uh or tree and the horses have so much fun banging this thing around and making noise it's really funny but it definitely is it's noisy like it'll it'll disturb your neighbors so (laughs) oh that sounds fun yeah it's a lot of fun and it's you know uses trash so it's really easy to to throw together another thing you can do is take uh, like a log or like a four by four piece of wood and drill if you're crafty drill holes in it and then put food in those holes mm-hmm. so put like a carrot or whatever a banana or whatever mm-hmm. in the holes so your horse then has to like you know manipulate the the thing to get the food out yeah another really great one is a snuffle mat which have become popular you can absolutely buy them but you can also make them pretty inexpensively so all you need for a snuffle mat is scraps of fabric and then some kind of hard plastic or wood or whatever base piece that you can tie things onto so like a one of those like you know like the rubber mats that they use in like restaurants with the holes in them mm-hmm. you know like that is great or like a piece of wood that you can drill holes into or anything like that mm-hmm. is great and this is not something you want to leave your horse unattended with because they could in theory pull off chunks and yeah. eat them so this is more something like while you're around like if yeah. you're cleaning stalls or feeding or whatever that's this is a good activity for that time but basically what you do is cut little strips and tie them onto this base thing until it's super fluffy and there's just like all you see <laughs> is fluff from the fabric and then you can just sprinkle hay pellets or carrots or whatever in there and then the horse has to snuffle around and find the food and it's pretty entertaining to watch mm-hmm. and it usually lasts a little while <laughs> kind of fun <laughs> Oh, you know what else? What about like a lick mat? Yeah. Oh, like a dog something. one? Yeah, kind of yeah. like what dogs do. You just make like a lick mat. Yeah, absolutely. Out of like fruit. Yeah. Or whatever you put in there. Yeah. Even if it's like just... A, even like baby food, like as long as yeah. it's just, like if it's just carrot puree or yeah. something, you can, yeah. or applesauce. Huh. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. And then the last one that I can think of, unless you have other ideas is a um, foraging box. So this, again, is one you have to be present for. But you just take a plain cardboard box. We all have them every day, it seems like. They just keep coming. And you fold down or cut off the flappy parts. So Mm -hmm. it's just a box. And then put some hay in the bottom and some treats of choice, hay pellets or cookies or whatever. And then on top of that, you put pine cones, rocks, bricks, sticks, non-edible things Mm -hmm. that your horse has to, like, move around. And it's just an entertaining (laughs) activity that's – it's free. It's all stuff that you probably have laying around already. Yeah. And just as – that's kind of goes back to the cognitive idea. But, you know, even if it only lasts 15 minutes, at least that's 15 minutes less that your horse is, you know – licking the walls and then (laughs) and then also to kind of go back to the idea of like 15 minutes of mental exercise is the equivalent of like three or four times that of physical exercise so you know even Mm -hmm. if it is only a little while if they're really thinking hard about it they're gonna then actually feel okay going and staring at the wall for a while because they're gonna need to decompress yeah yeah. and it's actually gonna be more like two hours of entertainment yeah. you know all total even yeah. if it's only 15 minutes of active active work so yeah. lots of things to think about there i mean i love staring at a wall that's what I was <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever when you said feel okay just staring at the wall it's like that manifesting after 2023 
I actually say that all the time. I'm like, you know what? I just want to go home and like stare at a wall for a while. Mm-hmm. I say that yeah. all the time too. Yeah. And my fiance is like, okay, <laughs> you need to go get help. And I was like, I'm gonna stare at the wall. <laughs> I love it. It's mind numbing. I'm not like that. Oh. I want to either be like passed out asleep, taking a nap, or like running around doing 10,000 things. So your chance. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the wall licker. <laughs> <laughs> Just lick a few walls, stare at them, sniff the dirt for a second, lay down. Well, so. and that's kind of a good point too, actually, is like our horses might have different yeah. levels of enrichment needs, mm-hmm. you know, like some horses really might not need as much as others and some might need constant stimulation yes and to kind of play with it and find and high energy high energy horses seem to need a lot more even if they're ridden every day and that's the thing is like we we i think often feel good about ourselves when we get our horses out and ride every day and that's a huge step in the right direction Mm -hmm. but then again what about the other (laughs) 20 hours Mm -hmm. if we ride for an hour that they're not active you know and they probably will rest for a while mm-hmm. after being ridden and maybe be less likely to get into trouble yeah. but that doesn't mean that they're not still sitting there bored yeah i mean i would be kind of bored yeah <laughs> absolutely it's hard that's why i just need a horse to live in my backyard so yeah. i can just you know bug it all the time yeah it could yeah. like come in the house sometimes mm-hmm. stick its head in the window mm-hmm. Like I said, do all the yeah. videos where I'm like, look at yeah. this horse coming in the kitchen. I had a dream one time, and I still remember it. This was like years ago, but it was so magical that I still remember this dream. See. That I had built a house that was also a barn. So like the barn was in the house, like part of the house. Oh, that's cool. So I was just like making breakfast and then like feeding the horses breakfast, like at the same time, because it was all in the same yeah space that's cool it's very cool and then there were parts of the house that like like the living room for example this is like i remember the details of the stream had giant windows like floor to ceiling wall to wall window that looked out over a covered arena yeah so you could just be like in your living room having your morning coffee and like watching the horses play or watching someone ride it's a really good dream i know there's really nice there's a house on instagram that the girl just walks out of her kitchen onto her big deck and the horse's like fence is attached to the deck. I was like, so how nice. do I get that? What a dream. I know. Yeah. And she can just like hop on her horse right from the fence, just ride around, and it's like a pasture connected to her house, pretty much. So nice. <sighs> I know. Yeah. We gotta win Dreamy. the lottery or something. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. On this episode, we talked about a lot of things. But they all kind of had one thing in common, which was enrichment. Enrichment is the idea of taking our domestic horses kind of daily lives and kind of spicing them up so that they are less likely to get themselves into trouble. They're more focused and ready when they come out for work. They are getting more exercise in a regular day, both mentally and physically. And there are a lot of ways that we as horse people can add enrichment to our horses' lives. And here we just covered really a lot of them, but mm-hmm. probably not even a drop in the bucket compared to how many there are out there. But it feels like a really important topic because it's something that I think is not talked about very often and that we really kind of owe it to our horses. We choose to have them as our I mean, let's face it, even if they are for our living, they really are, it is a choice. We're, we don't, very few people these days need horses in our lives. Mm-hmm. So if we're choosing to have them and we're privileged to have them, we owe it to them to give them the best life that we can. And I think a big part of that is enrichment. So I hope this is a really interesting topic for everybody and everybody learns a lot and gets a lot out of this. And it'd be really interesting if everyone would like send us messages on Instagram or email us to let us know what you found helpful with this and what you have tried, if you've tried any enrichment and kind of give us some feedback about what you think about all of this talk about enrichment and toys and and all of these kinds of things, habitat and 
whatnot. So hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. This has been the Whole Scoop Podcast. The Whole Scoop Podcast was created by Jordan Holbrook and Ruby Doss and produced by Madeline Grass Doss. Our theme music is by the band Wild Iris and their music is available on all platforms. You can find both of us on Instagram as well as the podcast on Instagram and Patreon. All links will be available in the show notes. Subscribe and review to support this podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with a friend. Or your farrier. Or your vet. Or your best friend. Or your Amazon driver. Or your mom. Or your horse. Or your trainer.